Hi everyone, it's Emily. Um, I'm back with another 21 and Sensory podcast episode and today it's just going to be me. Um, the reason for that is it's my 50th podcast episode. Woo-hoo. And yeah, I thought maybe for my 50th one as a kind of just like little celebration, it would just be me just kind of chatting, um, giving you an update on all things 21 and Sensory and me. I can't believe I've done 50 podcast episodes and if you're listening to this, thank you so much. It really does mean the world to me and I hope you've all enjoyed all the episodes so far. I've really enjoyed talking to so many different people from all walks of life and it's really been fascinating to hear their stories, a little bit about them and their diagnoses and also their special interests. You know I love it when people come on and info dump on me. So yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I thought I would also just have a look on Apple Podcasts and see if anyone's done a little review. Um, If you'd like to do one, that would mean the world to me. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to have a look now. So yeah, on Apple Podcasts, you can leave reviews. I don't think you can do that on Spotify. Um, So I'm just going to have a look because I think in previous episodes, I've been like, if you'd like to leave a review, I'll read them out. So um, I thought it'd be nice to read them out. Okay, so my podcast has 4.8 stars out of 5 on Apple Podcasts, Um, so let's have a look at all the reviews. There's two new reviews since I last had a look. So one was in June by (laughs) MB124567, and they put, very good, like the podcast, good mix of topics, information, very relaxing voice, good amount of time, not long, not too short thank you very much. (laughs) And then the second one is by Foster uh, on the 13th of June this year. And it says, lovely podcast to listen to whilst doing something or just chilling. That's so cool. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's really nice to see. And um, I always seem to get like comments about my voice, which is really nice. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for leaving those. Um, I want to say a massive thank you to anyone that listens via Spotify, um, because you may or may not know this week, um, Spotify Unwrapped stats came out and I could see who's been listening to my podcast and people were tagging me in their stories because I was like their top podcast, which to me is utterly wild that people have been like listening to me for so long. Um, so a couple of stats that you might find interesting was that I released 1019 minutes of content across 19 episodes this year. And, um, yeah, my stats seem to have kind of gone up in terms of like hours people listening went up by over 400%. Um, my streams went up by over 350%. My followers went up by 276%. And um, my listeners went up by 259%, which is wild. So thank you very much for um, listening. It means a lot. Okay, so why why am I doing this? So I thought 50th episode, let's do a little catch up. Last catch up I did was in April this year, which is a very long time ago. And I know some of you do enjoy listening to me ramble or have like people's message me on Instagram to say, when are you just going to do a podcast episode on your own? So that is what today is. Um, so I'm currently recording this on Friday the 3rd of December. And I think this is going to go out in December as well. Um... Yeah, so I've got a kind of list of stuff that I'm just going to talk about. This might be, this might be a long one, so (laughs) you might want to get a snack and a cup of tea or something. Um, So yeah, let's do, let's do a kind of 
life update. What have I been up to? Um, so I've been doing a lot of freelance work alongside my own um, kind of nine to five job during the week. I'm a creative designer during the week for a tech company. So that's keeping me busy. But yeah, I've been doing a lot of freelance stuff. Um, you can see most of it on my Instagram. Um, I'm also um, still a research assistant on a Oxford University um, project called Sensory Street, which I will leave the link in the show notes too. It's really interesting. And um, I've talked about it previously, I think. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to build like a kind of um, sensory sort of um, experience next year. Um, and yeah, you can find out more uh, on the website, but we've done kind of lots of focus groups, which I know some of you listeners have been involved in, which is awesome. And yeah, you can find out more on the website and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I think um, I'll pop those in the show notes as well. Um, so that's been really interesting. We've been doing like lots of different meetings, um, talking about like the spaces that we want to like potentially go into and stuff like that so that has been keeping me busy and I also do um like graphics for Sensory Street as well so if you have a look at their like Twitter Instagram and the website um the branding is something that I did and um I've recently done like a Sensory Scape graphic um which is like a kind of wheel um design so you might see that floating around um so yeah that's been really interesting and it's been honestly fascinating to work on a research project for a university and to work alongside people who are doctors and people who have PhDs in, you know, sensory um, kind of integration stuff and autism. So yeah, it's really interesting to kind of be involved from like an academic point of view, because for me, I'm not very academic, but I do have that lived experience of having sensory processing issues and being autistic. So it, it means a lot that they actually wanted someone who had that experience on the team. So yeah, you can find out more about that uh, down below. Um, yeah, also like other freelance work, I think I've mentioned and I think I've had Lydia um, on my podcast recently. Um, so I'm illustrating a book, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but um, if you have a look um, on Lydia's Instagram, so I think she's at journo underscore Lydia, um, she is currently writing the autism friendly cookbook, which is due to be released next year. And I'm doing some illustrations for her book, which is very exciting. Um, I can't really wait to see them in a book. I don't think, I think when I'm drawing them, I'm not really picturing the fact that they're going to go to like print because a lot of the work that I do is digital and goes on people's social media. So it'd be really weird to see my stuff actually printed. Um, but I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah so just lots of random bits of like freelance work that I have been doing um yeah it's been exciting to kind of do little bits and pieces for like different companies and stuff um so you might have seen on my Instagram I was contacted by BBC Bite Size to do a couple of illustrations for their um Instagram so that was really exciting and um yeah it's just really like nice to spread awareness of like sensory issues and um like autistic issues within like um a kind of secondary school audience um and it was interesting to see the comments on those posts as well so yeah so many bits and pieces have been happening <laughs> um one thing i will say is that freelance work is really scary um i actually like attended a disabled illustrators workshop and um my friend megan um who you might know um 
she's at petite glue on um instagram i'll link her down below she was on this panel and she was saying how like freelancers have to fulfill like every role um like you have to be your own like bookkeeper and accountant and like sales and marketing person and like pr and all that and like it's so true because you have to be a bit of everything and as someone that's autistic and i think megan gets this as well it's really scary to have to do all those things and learn all those things and like um it's just it's just a lot of like maths and stuff and it is quite scary i have now got an accountant because i just i can't i can't do the the maths <laughs> it took me three times to pass my gcse maths which i've talked about before um so maths was never my strong point um so yeah, it was a really interesting um, workshop, and I think um, it's done by the AOI, which is like Association of Illustrators, I think, um, which I will also link down below. I'm going to have to link a lot of things down below. Um, yeah, so it was really good, and I think they're doing like a monthly like meetup for disabled illustrators, which is great. It's like really important to be able to like find like people that are also doing the same thing as you and find that sense of community. Um, so yeah that's um been really interesting um what else have i been up to i went to the stories festival in piccadilly in london to go and see holly smell who is an author who i've had on this podcast and sarah gibbs who is a comedy writer and author who has also been on this podcast crazy um i went to go and see them talk about um their books basically and the title of the panel was called writing from the spectrum how a late autism diagnosis shaped my work. Um, so yeah, they both had a chat about like the challenges and the obstacles that they faced, and it was really interesting. And I will link it down below because they recorded the actual um, session. And yeah, it was fascinating. And I got to meet them both afterwards, um, which was really exciting. And um, yeah, it's weird like actually meeting in real life people that you've spoken to on a podcast. <laughs> um, but it was honestly fascinating and I don't know, I just really connected with the the struggles that they faced. And also it was nice to see some people from Twitter. Um, obviously I'm anonymous, um, but I actually bumped into Sarah O'Brien who was on my podcast previously, this previous episode. Um, so she inadvertently asked me what like theatre room we were in, like, you know, like a bit like lecture halls they're like numbered or like in cinemas they're like numbered the kind of like um screen um rooms so yeah inadvertently met her, met her. <laughs> so that was exciting and um also um emily katie who is also going to be on my podcast um in a hopefully another episode coming soon um i got to hear her talk and her dad talk and that was really interesting because you could like ask questions within the panel and yeah afterwards um you could like buy their books and get them to sign them so that was really exciting and I was like hi you've both been on my podcast and they were like Emily <laughs> so it was really nice to meet them and it was just a bit surreal to be like hi <laughs> um but yeah go and listen to the um uh video and um because it was like actually recorded um like using fancy cameras and everything. I think it was in association with like Netflix. Um, so yeah, um, I will link that down below and it was um, really interesting. And they both wore incredible dresses. They had like a green and pink dress on. I vividly remember that. So yeah, go and have a look. <laughs> so yeah, that was something else I've done. Me getting out and about in London, scary. I actually managed to get the tube there and back. And also I think 
Chelsea Football Club were playing that <laughs> that day, so the tube was like mental. Um, so I recommend checking if there's a football game on before travelling. <laughs> it was a bit scary. Anyway, yeah. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So things that have happened this year. In July, I actually moved out of my parents' um, house. So scary. <laughs> so um, if you don't know, I'm 27 and I have lived at home all my life and I'm not afraid to say it. I am quite happy to say that I lived at home as long as I felt, you know, um, like necessary or comfortable for me. Um, I obviously went to uni, but I actually um, lived at home whilst I was at uni because I wasn't ready to move out. And that is totally okay. If you also don't feel ready to move out or you are potentially scared about moving out, I feel you. It's very scary. Um, yeah, I I feel that kind of anxiety and it's it's change and we're not great at change as autistic people so um i can totally appreciate why it's 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 a transition and we're just not great with transitions if you know an autistic person you know a lot of us aren't great with change and transitions and moving from like you know schools colleges unis and making life decisions it's really scary it's scary for anyone um so yeah that was something that i um i think i decided i was ready to do and I like meticulously planned and kind of did it in stages I didn't like just like move everything one day and you know was in this flat like immediately it was something that I kind of did like relatively slowly and moved bits and pieces and obviously like I still work um near where my you know, family, my parents live. So I do go back every week because I have to still go into the office one day a week, which I'll talk about. Uh, I hate open plan offices. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I do still have to go, have to, I still do go back. Um, and I like stay like one night a week at my parents because um, my work is so close to where my parents live and where I live now is a about just under an hour away from my where my parents live and where my work is so yeah um yeah that's a, a little life update for you guys um I have moved I live in a flat that has its own little office space which is incredible and I have my own desk I'm so excited because <laughs> I don't know if you know um like before I was up in um my like family my parents um house I had like the top room in the loft and it was quite small and it was quite cold um and I just had like a desk in my room which probably wasn't the, like the healthiest thing in the world to like work and sleep in the same space I know a lot of people have been obviously needing to do that because of the pandemic but I'm really grateful now to have like a separate office space that I can just like shut the door on I think it's a much healthier way of working um so yeah that has been exciting um the non-exciting thing is that like my worker like you need to come in two days a week and I was like mm, but I can work so well from home so we've kind of reached a a sort of it's it's a like non-legit agreement of we'll turn a blind eye if you come in one day a week which is ridiculous because I've been working for like I don't know how long it was over a year year and a half remotely absolutely fine but 
my company is very much a company that likes to see like bums on seats and you're not working if you're not there kind of thing which is really frustrating because I did some of my best like work kind of creatively during the pandemic because I was working remote so it is really frustrating um yeah and you might have seen on my Instagram stories I've just been like regularly posting like pictures of me just like hiding in the toilets at work or like um documenting people's like fluorescent jackets that they're hanging up in the in the um office um which I know I have talked about in depth on this podcast before um you're all sick of me talking about fluorescent jackets and how much I hate them um and someone messaged me on Instagram to be like yeah fluorescent jackets should be like seen whilst you're out and about on bikes but they shouldn't be seen in offices and I was like hell yeah (laughs) uh ridiculous anyway so yeah I've been going in one day a week which is okay um it's just annoying because like people are still taking like conference calls um at their desks rather than like going into meeting rooms so it's like a loud environment and obviously like I think a lot of autistic people have found that like they're really desensitized um like to the world and like you have to build that that like tolerance up for the world again because you've been like in your own like quieter environment for so long that you've kind of lost that tolerance I don't know if you guys have found that um but yeah I find that really difficult so yes and just socializing again I've got like my eye contact with people has gone absolutely down the drain (laughs) I was talking to my mom about this the other day I was like I cannot do eye contact like I, I clearly I had it down to an art form before the pandemic and now I've just lost all ability like I can't even I can't even give good eye contact with my friends at the moment and it's really awkward don't know if anyone else has found that I just I don't know where to look I don't know how long to look for it's not built in to me as a person I don't understand how people know how and when to look like it's just not a natural thing for me um so yeah that's been very awkward <laughs> Um, if anyone has any tips for that do let me know because I I am lost Um, yes okay what else do I want to talk about (laughs) let's talk like medical stuff and mental health so um, as I probably said in April I think in my last like update I am trying to come off um, some medicine fun times um and i'm doing really well i'm gonna blow my own trumpet i'm doing great (laughs) i have um i'm on like so much less of the two medications that i want to come off um so basically the story with this if you haven't heard is that i've been on um one anxiety medication since i was 16 without it being reviewed so i'm now 27 which is ridiculous um and i was put on another one about three years ago when i had like a kind of major sort of depressive episode um to kind of top up the other medication so i've kind of been sat on both these medications without them being reviewed um for a while and i'm in a kind of better more stable place and i wanted to come off them and i contacted my gp and my gp would check in with me every so often I was really struggling and I was really struggling with like um having episodes of like disassociation where I could see myself doing things but I didn't feel very present um which is a horrible feeling if you've ever experienced like depersonalization or disassociation I I can only I don't know sympathize with you because it's it's horrible it's like a really weird out of body experience and it's really scary so um yeah please take people seriously if they you know tell you they've had those experiences because it is horrible um so my gp actually referred me to another service um within the nhs that like helps 
like monitor people with lots of different kind of things but they're helping me to come off medication um so I have like a phone call I think it was every month to start off with and that's every like six weeks because obviously they're very busy which I totally get but it's been really helpful to just have someone help me like come off it and like if I have any symptoms and stuff I can bring them up and be like is this normal or like what can I try and it's really difficult with like both medications I'm on like one of them the um doctor who I'm talking to on the phone said that he would never prescribe that and because he knows it's really difficult to come off so that was really nice to know <laughs> I was like damn it why have I been prescribed this then um because he had to like look it up he'd like never prescribed it I was like oh. and that's the thing like I feel like doctors are trained at so many different points in time that they have go-to medicine I think and ones that they like refer for, um ones that they like recommend at certain points but yeah anyway um so it's been really helpful in terms of like knowing like milligrams and stuff to come off and like a lot of medication like the smallest like dose is like 20 milligrams or 25 milligrams and that's not small enough <laughs> it's like to go from 20 or 25 milligrams to nothing it's quite a big step and I'm really I think I'm really sensitive to like medications and coming off medications it's really difficult um yes so that's been fun um I've definitely like found it difficult and especially in terms of sleep coming off it because I didn't realize how much it was doing and helping in terms of um my sleep and I think it was just knocking me out at night which was really helpful <laughs> um but I was very drowsy like during the day um so for one of the medications I'm on it every like other day now or every two days I can't remember um I've written it on a calendar to help me um and yeah, I really feel it like hit more now that I'm having the gaps between it. And yeah, hopefully I can come off it fully. That would be the dream. Um, but yeah, I'm on like a much smaller amount of both. And I think I do feel better for it. Um, it's just the sleep is really, really difficult. Um, I'm just really like restless at night and struggle with that quite a bit. And also I keep, um, I've had for the past like year or two, like hallucinations at night, which is really weird. I think they're quite common. Um, I think they're called something. Hang on, let me Google it. Um, hallucinations at night. Yeah, they're called hypergogic hallucinations. Um, they just like occur like as you're like falling asleep. Um, apparently up to 37% of people experience these nighttime hallucinations. <laughs> um, so I see people which sounds ridiculous. I know that sounds very scary, <laughs> but I like see people in the bedroom. So yeah, that's been interesting. And I catch myself like talking like to them or reaching out to them. It's very odd. Um, but I think it's really common. Like it's not anything to worry about. And my doctor knows about it. Um, yeah. And they feel really real. And I'm like, but I can, I can see the person and I like, re I catch myself reaching out to them and wake up and I'm like, oh, they're not there. <laughs> um, so that's, it's really, really weird. It's really, it's just annoying. Um, but it's not, you know, causing any harm or anything. And I'm not like kind of sleepwalking or anything like that. So yes, I think that's just another side effect of the wonder that is coming off things. Um, but yeah, other than that, I feel like I've done really well and my family are really proud of me for coming off this um, stuff. Um, I think I do feel more like myself. Um, I really like disagree with the stigma around medication and I think it was, it helped me out so much when I needed it. 
and I couldn't have managed without it. So I'm grateful for being put on it. I don't want it to sound like, oh, I was stuck on this medication. The problem I have with it was that it was never reviewed and I was on it for so, so many years. And I don't think that's, I don't think it's, it's a good way to work. I think obviously the NHS is very, um, it's great at what it does. It's just very overworked and I really do think people need to be reviewed when they're on medication. Um, but that could be a whole entire another podcast episode. So <laughs> yeah, that's another little thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Uh, so you might have seen on my Instagram, I've actually, I've joined something called Borrow My Doggy and I'm like an ambassador for them. You might have heard of it. So basically um, when I moved, I really missed my family dog so you might know that I have a beagle um a, like family pet and he is the best I love him so much and I get so excited to see him every time I go home but I really miss walking him and I think he really gets me out of the house when I'm at home um so I decided to join borrow my doggy which is an app where you can borrow people's dogs for like you can take them out for walks or you can um you can like like dog sit yeah that's the word babysitting for dogs yeah um yeah so I was like this might be a nice idea it's 12.99 in um pounds um for a year membership and I was like okay that's you know that's not ridiculous I can give it a go and yeah I have been contacting like local sausage dogs if you don't know I'm obsessed with sausage dogs I squeal every time I see one out and about um I'm obsessed. I really like, I really want my own one, but I thought it would be a really good idea instead of just like getting a dog is to like trial the breed out because I've never, I've never walked one. I've never owned one, obviously. And I think it's a good idea to try before you buy. <laughs> and it's um, a good way to see how you kind of get on with the breed. Um, so I have walked a sausage dog um, a couple of times and I think I'm going to babysit one not babysit, dog sit one on Monday, which I'm so excited about to have a, like a dog for a day. <laughs> um, yeah, so I walked a sausage dog nearby. Um, I went and picked it up and walked it in a local park. And it was so weird because I'm so used to like walking like a huge beagle that like pulls on the lead and like pulls you through the park. And it was like, <laughs> it was like walking a feather. It was so small and so light. It was ridiculous, um, but it was so cute. And I had the best time. And I think people always like want to stop you when you have a, like a cute sausage dog. I had like people like asking me questions about it. So I guess it's a good way to socialize. Scary though. <laughs> but yeah, it's so cute. Um, it's um, yeah, it's really kind of it's a good way to get yourself out and about. And I feel I like I don't know why, but I'm a bit I get worried about walking like out and about on my own. And to have a dog with me makes me feel a bit more, not necessarily safe, but like, like I've got a kind of, you know, companion almost. It's like going out with a friend. So I do quite like going like out walking a dog kind of thing. I just feel like it gives you that extra kind of, not protection, like a sausage dog wouldn't protect you. Let's be honest. It would probably just lick someone. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to like have a little partner in crime to go out with. Um, yeah. So it was so cute and I got to give it like little treats every so often and I just literally it was the best day and at one point I sat down on the bench and it sat on my lap and I could have cried. I was like, oh, it was the best thing. Um, so yeah, what I'm trying to say is 
if you love dogs but you you know you you might not live somewhere that allows dogs or you might not want to commit to a breed borrow my doggy is great you can literally um as as it says borrow the dog and um just kind of try it out and it really helps people out as well like um it's kind of helpful for people if you can kind of walk it for an hour and they get an hour to like maybe clean their place or something or just have an hour without you know having to worry about their dog um or you know like um I'm going to be dog sitting on Monday and that's because someone's going back into their office to work and I'm working from home so I can easily look after a dog um so yeah it's all about kind of helping people out and they also have like a like as part of your membership like it includes insurance and like access to like a um I don't know if it's like a like a helpline like advice line um so you could like talk to a vet like if you had any like issues say you were looking after a dog and you couldn't get in contact with the owner or something like that so that your membership does include those things but yeah if anyone's interested um I will again pop a link to borrow my doggy in the description um and they sent me like a really cute ambassador pack which you can see on my tiktok and my instagram um which was so cute. It had like a little doggy bandana in it and um, like a little uh, bumper sticker and um, a t-shirt and a tote bag. And I was like, oh my God, so exciting. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to know, I'm, I'm an ambassador. So ask me. <laughs> it's really, it's really cool. And um, I just love dogs. If you're a dog person, honestly, it's the best. It's the app. Like when you scroll the app, it's like Tinder for dogs because you're like, mm, do I want to walk this one? Like what are its like traits and like what does it love doing? And you can like filter by like the distance and um, like small, medium or large dogs. So yeah, I definitely recommend like even you can even look at the app like for free. Um, it's twelve ninety nine to kind of like message like premium members and stuff. And um, yeah, I recommend it. But I was on the like free plan for a bit, just kind of scoping out dogs and things. Um, so yeah, I really recommend it. Yeah. Um, cool. What else do I want to talk about? Um, I have been reading a lot recently. Um, I like track all my books on like Goodreads. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, it's almost like, um, it's just a way of like tracking all the books that you read. Um, it's really good. <laughs> um, I'm just logging into my Goodreads now to see if I can find what I've been reading, but I've been reading a lot of um, different um, books by autistic um, authors. So I have read this year, let's have a look. Uh, read, let's have a look. Right. So, I've read Geek Girl by Holly Smell because I obviously had to read that before she came on my podcast. Um, really good, really enjoyed it. Um, and it's part of like a like wider series. Uh, let's have a look. Um, Odd Girl Out by Laura James. I think I read that December last year. Really good. Um, definitely recommend that. The Electricity of Every Living Thing. I read that in April and that's by Catherine May. Um, that was fascinating and really, really interesting. Um, I also recommend Camouflage, The Hidden Lies of Autistic Women um, by Sarah Bargelia and Stim, an Autistic Anthology by Lizzie Huxley-Jones. That's really good. Um, it's just a kind of like um, collection of um, autistic people talking. Um, also, I recently read A Kind of Spark by Elle McN McNichol if I can say her name properly. Um, yeah, fascinating, utterly fascinating. Um, 
it was such an interesting book and it's I just think it's ideal for the kind of primary and secondary school ages it is like a kind of young um what do you call it like a YA book like um for younger readers um really really interesting and I think she's just um announced that she's um a new book is coming out next year so that's really exciting um it's about a girl called Addie and that's all I'm gonna say but um she's autistic and she's amazing <laughs> um also I had Abigail Balf on my um podcast a while back and she sent me a copy of her book a different sort of normal which is the most beautiful book in the world it's a it's almost like a graphic novel um it's totally illustrated by her totally written by her i don't know how she did both at the same time um it's incredible i really really enjoyed it um and again like suitable for children as well really interesting um and then the most recent books that i've read are sarah gibbs book um drama queen one autistic woman and a life of unhelpful labels um which i spoke to her about in podcast episode really recommend that i really like a kind of like i don't think they call it an autobiography or like a memoir like i love reading about other people's stories and i think that's why i like talking to people on my podcast is i really enjoy talking to other people about their lives and their experiences and I really got like a sense of that through this book um and also I had um the pleasure of being sent another book um by someone called Grace Liu and her book is called Approaching Autistic Adulthood The Road Less Travelled and it was really interesting um it's all about her kind of grappling with an autism diagnosis and her own kind of identity and the things she's kind of learned along the way and it talks about like relationships and social stuff and it was really fascinating to like hear a little bit about her life and how she came to terms with her diagnosis um yeah so those are a few books that I've been reading recently and I've added more to my Amazon wish list uh for Christmas so I'm hoping maybe some family members might get me some new books <laughs> um yeah so I definitely recommend Goodreads as well I really like um I like putting in like you can put in your page number and it'll tell you how far through a book you are so it like really visualizes it for you and I'm not someone that's very good of good at understanding how far through a book I am I know you can see sort of but knowing the exact percentage just really fills me with joy I don't know why um so yeah that's another little thing um what else have I been up to I don't know I think I've just been doing I'm just gonna have a look at my Instagram because that usually tells me what I've been up to um I think I've just been doing a lot of like illustrations and trying to document um I don't know the struggles of life and the sensoryness of the world um I've started doing some more like text-based like swipeable carousel posts which seem to be going down really well um like I did one on how I'd never been to the hairdressers before and the struggles of using like makeup and beauty products and just everyday things that are sensory hell um I've also done a couple on like how to manage change and why shops can cause sensory overload so um yeah I recommend having a look on my Instagram if you haven't already I'm at 21 and sensory um and I'm trying to do more on like um TikTok and YouTube as well I think I might do like a bookshelf tour a lot of people seemed interested um because I regularly put like um things on the community tab on my YouTube channel um which is also 21 and sensory if you're interested and the same on TikTok um yeah I might do like a bookshelf tour because people were like genuinely interested in like um 
the autism kind of based books that I have, but also I do have a lot of non-fiction and like design books. So I may well pop that kind of up on my YouTube if people are interested. Um, let me know. So what else do I want to talk about? Um, so yesterday I was on, um, a different, I was on a different podcast, which was very exciting. It's very weird for me to be on a different podcast and people asking me questions and not the other way around. (laughs) They were like asking me about my life and I'm like, this is really weird. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, um, I've been in contact with the London autism group and they also have like a Facebook group as well. And they're a charity, like a non-profit charity. And they have an amazing podcast, which does really well. It's like topped the charts in like the Apple podcast charts and stuff for like, um, being an autism podcast. And yeah, they invited me on and we spoke for like an hour and a half last night. (laughs) And hopefully that, um, podcast will be going live in December. Um, so if it goes live, I will pop the link in the description. I'll pop a link to their podcast anyway, but I'll try and put the specific episode, um, where I just talk about my entire life. I think I literally started from when I was a baby. So if you're interested, let me know. Um, (laughs) and you can have a little listen. Um, I'm sure they'll edit it down a bit because it was quite long. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. Um, Let me tell you a little bit more about the charity. So the London Autism Group is a charity dedicated to helping anyone in London and its neighbouring boroughs with an interest in autism. They began a Facebook group to offer advice and support to those that came to them. And um, yeah, their long-term goals are to promote social inclusion of autistic people as well as family carers, um, to advance mental health and physical health of people and their well-being and to promote social awareness and acceptance of autism and to reduce autism stigma and discrimination. Um, So they have a lot of volunteers, staff members, partners. So I spoke to Chris and James from the charity, Um, both really lovely, um, really easy to chat to. Um, I think James does a lot of the kind of um, technical side of stuff, like website stuff, design stuff. And yeah, Chris is a doctor. He's a principal lecturer in public health at the... University of Bedfordshire. Um, So yeah, it was really interesting to talk to them and just talk a little bit about my life. So it's coming up to Christmas. It's that time of the year. Um, I thought I'd do a little Christmas gift guide, which I'm going to put on my Instagram um, if it's up by the time that I put this podcast live, which I'm sure it will be. I will link it in the description. Again, I'm I'm giving myself work here by linking all this stuff in the description. Um, yeah, I thought I'd do like a little Christmas gift guide, like a sensory, like autistic based one with lots of like fidget toys and stuff that I've drawn myself. Um, so I'm going to put that up. And also I'll, if you go to the, my blog, it will have actually like all the links because you can't link to stuff on Instagram. I'll put like all the product links so you can actually just easily click on them and buy them. Um, I kind of try and do it every year. I think it's a really nice idea um, because it can be kind of difficult to know what to get um, people for Christmas, um, but you can't go wrong with a fidget toy. Um, Love a fidget toy. Um, Yeah, so I thought I'd do another little Christmas gift guide. Um, So yeah, have a look on my Instagram for that. Right, so I've kind of been talking on my own for 40 minutes. (laughs) Um, I think that's kind of everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, please get in contact with me via like Instagram or Twitter DM or like tweet me, um, like what you'd like to see from this podcast. Um, if there's a particular guest you'd like me to have on, would you like more episodes of just me rambling? 
you know, I'm down for pretty much whatever. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I think my next episode is going to be with Emily Katie. So um, listen out for that. She's amazing. She's on Twitter. Um, she talks so much about her experiences um, as an autistic person. And um, yeah, it's really fascinating to look at her like Twitter threads on kind of different topics that she breaks down so make sure you listen to that please subscribe to this podcast it would mean a lot and like i said earlier if you'd like to review it on apple Podcasts, that would be amazing but no worries if not and yeah i hope you enjoyed this extraordinarily rambly um podcast um if i don't kind of say it again i hope you have um a nice christmas a quiet cozy chilled Christmas where you can relax and hopefully not have to spend too much of it with noisy family members. That is my wish for you all. Um, yeah, so I hope you have a nice rest of your December and it sounds weird to be saying this on the 3rd of December, but I hope you all have a happy new year. <laughs> okay, bye.